0: Good morning Mike. Good morning. You know I was thinking about the airtime we both get on this uh, these conversations and I just don't think it's very fair how much time you get to talk and how little time I get to talk.
1: It's not fair.
0: <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding but today I would like to talk about uh, fairness. This this word fair has come up recently a handful of times in conversations and I was reflecting on how it may be it may be a misunderstanding of the the word actually on on my part but i uh, what often comes to mind is is you know a kid saying that's not fair you know that's not fair and it's it's often i think maybe conflated a little bit with equality mm-hmm. um you know i didn't get as much as them or my my size of cake is smaller that type of thing but i've seen it erode in marriage, uh, particularly when we think of, you know, it's not fair. I put in more work than my spouse and it's just a very un- unhelpful and probably unhealthy way to approach several areas, marriage being one. Um, but another area that is relevant to me as well is is parenting and thinking about, uh, how almost impossible it is to, uh, kind of have that mindset for my kids thinking, well, is this is this fair? Is this equal between my children? Well, my relationship with my firstborn is going to by na by nature be different than my relationship with my secondborn. I had almost two years of just one-on-one time with my firstborn, you know, but I didn't have that time with my secondborn. So so just by default, those relationships will be different. And and thinking from a frame of fairness or equality is not going to be the most helpful to navigate that so my question to you is is there a better frame or maybe even a better way to imagine fairness and to think through that
1: Mm -hmm. um well first of all let's get clear fairness has nothing to do about who talks the most on this podcast so let's get clear on that (laughs) (laughs) um Yes, I think that you just, you said the key word here, um, that fairness is often equated with equity versus equality. Hmm. So what's the difference between the two?
0: That's a hot topic these days, Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, The way I understand the difference is equity is often looking at you know, outcomes, equality you can sometimes look at, like, look at input starting points.
1: Yes. So, so you, I'm going to talk a moment about a, um, a business that, uh, actually infused this into their company, this idea of fairness. Um, but just for a starting point, it's the, um, Jesus told us a uh, parable about these, uh, various people who were hired by, uh, man who owns a farm and so when it comes time to pay him some worked longer than others and they all get paid the same and uh, those who worked harder how do they feel um what do they say they feel taken advantage of that's not fair yeah so that's not fair to which the uh, landowner says what i don't recall <laughs> no, that's not what he said. <laughs> he said, well, who are you? <laughs> he said, uh, Can't, can I pay anyone the way I want, how much I want to pay them? Mm,
0: here's, yeah. here's
1: what the difference. Uh, equality has to do with, as you said, um, we're all made in the image of God. So we have an equal value, in God's eyes, equal value. Equity is outcome. And uh, what is often, uh, remember, it was uh, Senator Moynihan who said when Civil Rights Bill was passed in 1965, which rightfully so gave uh, equal rights that were long overdue to disenfranchised populations, primarily African-American, and he pointed out, just remember, equality is going to very quickly uh, their, uh, disadvantaged populations are going to equate that with equity. And they're going to think now that we're equal, the outcomes will be equal. And he says, we're, we're nowhere near having equal outcomes by dint of, and there's all sorts of environmental situations, you know, it could be, uh, education, you know, where you live, zoning, stuff like that. So Moynihan understood there's a whole, cultural milieu which can take a disadvantaged people and even though it gives them equal rights it doesn't guarantee equity equal outcomes outcomes are meritorious you earn them equality is bequeathed to us as people who are made in the image of god so that's a rather dense way to go at it first of all but just understand it's very common that when people see uh, differing outcomes. I go, that's not fair. And uh, what Jesus is trying to clear up this confusion is we're all made in in the image of God. Your husband, your, your creator is your husband. You are my bride, but that doesn't guarantee equal outcomes. And I, I will judge the outcomes. It was, it was actually, that is a, a parable about motive. And if your motives aren't right, then the outcomes aren't going to be be right. So that's one way to touch upon fairness, but I'd like to touch upon it in another way through a company that actually was on the cover of Business Week many, many years ago. It was at one time the world's largest energy distribution company called AES. It was founded by a man named Dennis Bakke and his uh, business partner, uh, Roger Van Sant. As the joke goes, Van Sant was a lapsed Mormon so, when it came to actually building the culture of the company, he deferred to Dennis, who was rather a thoughtful Christian. And uh, so Dennis Baki's brother, by the way, is Ray Baki, and some people are familiar with Ray's writings. He lives out in Seattle, and he's written on um, cities and how God views cities. Baki's was more on how God views work. Today, uh, by the way, the um, Company still exists, it went public. And if you want to read the blow by blow details by Dennis about how you navigate as a Christian and founding a company and then having go public, the book is called Joy at Work. Now, having said all that, AES was on the cover of this magazine in I believe the late 80s. It's a phenomenal company, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. But in 1991, uh, Dennis gave a talk. And the talk is called Values Don't Work in Business. Which, by the way, how does that strike you? <laughs> Seems like a lot of wasted effort by a lot of executives. <laughs> yeah. Now, the reason he did this, or gave this talk, is he knew what few Christians know, but what uh, Gertrude Himmelfarb passed along, by the way. What a name. <laughs> bummer of a birthmark. Yeah. <laughs> Our Gertrude also was a very thoughtful believer, passed away recently, and she noted in the 1800s, 19th century, with the advent of Darwin, Nietzsche, and the rest, who are called the masters of suspicion, that Nietzsche rightly understood that there is no God, that there's no meaning, If there's no meaning, there's no Virtues. If there's no virtues, what we're stuck with are values. I have my values. You have your your values. Mm -hmm. Values are merely utilitarian for what they gain, what they provide for us. Virtues are have very little to do with the outcomes. You do them because they're right. It's the right thing to do. Uh, So love is not done to, you know, you know, get your wife in bed, for example. That's not where you love your wife. it's a virtue values are utilitarian i think uh, baki came to realize that in giving this talk so he goes through the four values for aes because aes is a, ph- is a phenomenal company and when i say phenomenal i mean they didn't have uh, any management for example because uh one of their assumptions and this is critical but it's buried in this talk is he said um uh, we started this company to deliberately change assumptions about people. We said the assumptions need to be that people are thinking, creative, responsible individuals. They were trying to overturn 19th century views of people Mm -hmm. as machines. So because of that, he said a whole series of things tumbled out. An organization which, by the way, was worldwide and I forget how many thousands, but they had no more than two layers of supervision between his office and an entry-level position all around the world, just two layers. No shift superintendents or foremen in any of our plants. We had no major staff operations in our whole company. We have no general counsel's office. We have no finance department. And yet we've raised in 1991 $2.5 billion for our plants. Above all, we have no human resources or personnel department because we think this function is too important to be left to some specialist operation separate from our supervisors. We have no public relations department, no engineering department, of course. We have a huge amount of engineering going on and no safety department, although we have the best safety record of any company in our industry. Hmm. That's no job description resume. written by design, <clears throat> no employee handbooks to tell you whether your mother or dad or grandmother dies. You can have four days off, but if they live in Stockholm, you get five days off. Now, having said all that, the four values were integrity. We'll talk about that. We have time. The second value is fairness, the third is social responsibility, and the fourth value was fun. So let's talk about the third one, the second one. He says, Second value here is fairness, that is, justice in the biblical sense. I don't mean equity, but I mean fairness. Whatever decision is made, someone says, Is that fair? Would you feel the same way about this if you were on the other side of the table? Whether it's with a customer, or a fellow AES person, or someone outside the company or the community, we need to act with integrity and fairness. Justice, in the biblical sense, holds something in tension and it holds this intention that we are to be compassionate and generous with those who are disadvantaged. But second, if the disadvantaged will not work, they will not be paid. And so you were required, AES, to work. But there was no such thing. They were not pursuing what today is the big buzzword, equity, equal outcomes. Don't know the equal outcomes because you will be treated as a creative, responsible person, thinking, creative, responsible individual. In that regard, you'll be recompensed according to how you apply yourself now the reason I go into some lengths on this and then we'll talk a bit about it is uh, by the way he's the one famously said he cited Max Dupree he goes uh, what's completely left out of what a company talks about is this business of profits but on this point I agree completely with Max Dupree's view of profits Profits are a an likely and necessary result if, in fact, you're doing a good job of meeting a need in society. Profits, in other words, Dupree priests that are like breathing. You don't live to breathe, but you have to breathe to live. And so, the reason he gives this whole talk is uh, they had a uh, group of leaders here for a company meeting, and they were talking at the about these four values. A couple of vice presidents who had and skeptical earlier of all this said, hey, Roger, Dennis, we think these values are fantastic. We love them. They really work. Hmm. I quote now from Bucky. There was dead silence. As both Roger and I turned somewhat white and thought to ourselves, we have in fact done something very wrong. <laughs> we didn't choose these values because they thought they'd work. We chose these values because they are right. Mm.
0: So just to clarify here, so this talk was on why values don't work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And are you saying that's Baki in this case was considering these virtues, but labeling them as values because that's what they're known to be in the industry.
1: Yeah. I don't know when the- Bucky made that connection, but I'm, I think it was probably right along this time because, again, he's a very thoughtful believer. is it, Last I read now, he's head of Imagine Education. They're trying to redo education. Um, and he lives, I believe, in the Washington, D.C. area. I've never met him, but uh, I've always appreciated. Very thoughtful. A um, friend of mine heard him speak out at Stanford Business School several years ago. So, yes, I think that... I know that he's acquainted now or appreciates what Himmelfarb had to say. This was in the 80s when they started this company. Maybe he wasn't then. What he's become familiar with was uh, this turning white and realize, OMG, what have we done? And um, what he'd done was uh, he was absolutely right about fairness, but uh, fairness is there's nothing to do with equity that's do with justice it has to do with um, doing the right thing even if it costs you hmm. it has to do with perhaps knowing or not knowing your motives and so someone else does better than you in the eyes of god and you go that's exactly right because the more I become exposed to my motives, I recognize that person deserves greater reward than I do. And so fairness, so here's how it works out. And I wanted to touch upon this for this reason, dear listeners, is um, I stumbled upon all this in uh, working with and coaching a company in the Midwest where we adopted the same approach, virtues, not values. And one of them was uh, fairness and one of them was social responsibility. And one of them was fun, which by the way, Baki drew that from uh, if you've, I think we've talked about this in other podcasts, but if you look in uh, the Proverbs, you'll see there is a person who is present in creation, a woman named wisdom. And she's frolicking daily in creation in the seven days, six days of creation Um, work ought to be fun not in the frivolous way, but something where the fun comes if you feel in <clears throat> some way your work signature is on your work and it's meeting a need in society and making the world a better place. Now, I grant you in a technological world and a manufacturing world, that's harder and harder and harder to connect all those dots, but that's the idea behind fun. The reason I highlight all this, Pat, is as is, is we begin to inculcate these virtues into this company, I would would routinely hear from people after a year or two, hey, these virtues, I've been uh, employing the same approach at home. And it really, it's really helpful. And what I sort of stumbled upon was because you spend 60 plus hours a week at work, or 40 or 50 or whatever, that probably the one thing we do more than, uh, even more than sleep in a given week is we work. And this made work, this idea of fairness made work more meaningful. It sort of, it made more sense why we work. And fairness, Holds intention. Why you're doing this work? Uh, I mean, you're just here for the paycheck. Um, it holds. It brings into effect motive and outcome and caring and um, talking and you know, being part of a team and so on and so forth. And people began to realize. You know, I'm seeing the way I conduct myself at home. This has application for the way I do myself my work at home and you know many years later i had a conversation with a, a woman at that company over the phone and she wanted to know more and more where about where this came where i gathered all this stuff so to say and i said well not sure you really want to know she goes yeah i do not to be sure yeah sure yeah and i said well it all comes from the bible and that is that wasn't followed from there was a 45-minute conversation where Forty-five minutes later, she came to faith because she said, uh, you know, these virtues we've been working on in this business here, I'm seeing they really apply to everything. And I found myself thinking of C.S. Lewis, who famously said, I believe in Christianity as I believe... The That's right. It's not only because I see it, but by it I see everything. And she began to see everything even how she talks to her kids about fairness okay so how how do we
0: go from these are the the virtues for the company these four things to instilling them in the company and having them bleed over like how do you employ them at home Mm -hmm. you know what how do the yeah when i think of values up on the wall at any business i've worked for i Uh, they seem to sit on the wall, you know, and I think that's part of the problem with values that we're talking about. But what is it? Do you have any stories of that or what what that looks like to actually employ
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, anything on the wall. Remember Romans 5, what Paul warned about. The letter kills. The moment you codify something, it starts to die. It's only the spirit that breathes life into it. Now you can breathe life into the spirit of it in a company. You don't need to be a Christian. But what a lot of companies don't understand is once you codify and put on the wall, here are our six values, you think, they're set, just read them. And I'll never forget. Right. A local company I went through one time and one of their um <laughs> they had this plaque on the wall and uh, I don't know, six, seven values, and one was excellence. And um, as I'm walking around with this man, CEO and founder. Uh the the uh, plaque is on crooked and there's a giant crack running down the wall. <laughs> yeah, you got the point. <laughs> so um breathing life into them. Here's I mean, here's something I often said to our, our kids and I said our grandkids, because when they say that's not fair, they go, Well, of course it's not. I said, listen, life's not fair, God is. Hmm. Well, what's the difference?
0: well god can go beyond the
1: the mortal life well do you believe god's fair i do sure see they're they're blurring the two Hmm. they're blurring the two of uh god wouldn't do that so you hear you have god incarnate jesus christ giving a story about a land giving out different outcomes the person saying that's not fair Sure. It's fair. I'm fair. I'm God. I'm not saying life is fair. Listen, it's very, it's very complex how the outcomes come out on this thing. And it doesn't equate down to, I work more hours than you. Mm-hmm. By the way, Pat, I think this has implication. has some application rather to <clears throat> this phenomenon. Now that several are writing about came out of this uh, report, quiet quitting. Huh? Remember that phrase? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, I just saw a headline for it as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's one of the new buzz words, yeah. but I think there's actually something to it. What is quiet quitting?
0: Uh, I mean, especially it's very possible in today's remote life, but it's, it's a uh, passivity. It's, it's, uh, you know, underperforming and just going along with it. You, you've sort of quit the job, but you're still, you're still showing up. But you're not quite
1: working. Yes. And what's exacerbated quiet quitting? What's, what's actually sort of brought it out into the open? This was at the economist and um it was actually in the wall street journal yesterday too
0: i i would just guess i mean COVID skyrocketed that but i i don't know what the economist was saying
1: both say uh, what's what's uh, bringing it onto the open is the demand of ceos to come back to the office oh uh, yeah that makes a lot of sense why does that make sense
0: well one i would i would guess there's a strong refusal to do that 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 demands overwatch you know you come back to the office so that could be a big piece to it but also it, it looks you know the demand to that could could indicate a lack of performance of, of remote workforce
1: yes and actually the studies show that, um, most workers are just as if not more of well, their performance is actually just as good or better remote yeah yeah i believe that so what's going on here Let me suggest to you, this is where a little bit of history does help. Up until the Industrial Revolution, and we've talked about this before in the past, the home was the economic engine of the Western world. The old cottage industry. Cottage industry. So there was not a disjunction between home and work. And uh, they often talk about, by the way, this is why marriages are stronger because if you spend all the day looking at the rear end of a cow by the time he came home man <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter how crazy the world that you know the home is it sure looks good <laughs> but i digress um yeah you get this dysfunction it's what um you know often was said the workers had to go off to the dark satanic mills um but more of the point was it's what my conversation with this woman was about is that you know what the way we work here is the way i'm running my running not running but the way my husband and i are doing our family Yeah, you know, guess what christianity you just you not only see it but by it you see everything and there's a seamlessness in scripture regarding work and home i often joke for example with uh People in the business world, I say, so let me get this straight. You have at home a big plaque with your eight values. <laughs> you don't, Mike. <laughs> so the question is, why don't you? Well, you don't because you go, well, that would be, that'd be crazy, Mike. Following well, that, yeah, but they'd laugh at me. Oh, so you, well, why don't you laugh at me at work? You know, that upset the boss <laughs> oh. what's happened in covid what this quiet quitting is about is people began to work the way the human race worked for thousands of years and there's something about it that feels more human
0: so you think it's more of the the boss management the I think so, yes.
1: Yes, in fact, I found it fascinating that both the economist and the Wall Street Journal writer both say, the key is for managers to manage better. Hmm. I instantly think of Matthew Stewart's fantastic book, The Management Myth,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Why the Experts Keep Getting It Wrong. Listeners, if you haven't read it, he's funny. He's funny to read and he's self-deprecating. Friend of mine, by the way, his pastor once gave a sermon, and the woman came up to him afterward, an elderly woman. She goes, I love your sermons, how you're so self defecating. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that the I think because we are a society that everything is forward looking, uh, hardly anybody reads history anymore, just as more just on a gut level of people saying, You know what, I don't understand. I'm more productive now. I get to take Johnny to soccer practice. I get to see my wife during the day. I get to go off for a jog. Um, and he wants me back in the office. Well, this is,
0: yeah. So I like what you were saying is standing out to me, is that, that what you say, I guess, to your kids and your, your grandkids, which is, life's not fair, but God is fair and that you know there's there's a lot to unpack to that but i even just thinking about these conversations related to marriage or my own children you know i think that's a helpful even that frame alone is is very helpful to not to not use you've mentioned they they conflate the two and to not do that and to really drive
1: i think so to spell it out i mean grant my our grandkids some of them are a little older than your kids so this you know works out when we play um well, let me see the seven-year-old can play five crowns if you haven't learned that game folks adults you'll love it five <laughs> crowns but when we'll leave out the afford uh, the uh, the uh, the granddaughter's name but when she doesn't win that's not fair so I often say to her so we're playing only you can win <laughs> see god is fair but life isn't fair and if you're you're only going to play the game of life if you win you're gonna have a long life you're gonna have a hard life and now the the other tyke is a little smaller he actually's become really and he's only four but he's really enamored loves to play mastermind which i haven't pulled that game out for years (laughs) but again you know you don't win that's not fair so if Poppy wins every once in a while, that's not fair. <laughs> and we had to come up with a, uh, you know, I just said, leave his name out again, but uh, hey, life's not fair. So if you're only playing this game because you're going to win, I'm not going to play anymore. That's not the way life works. God is fair and life isn't fair. Don't conflate the two. I don't use the word conflate with him, <laughs> but I did say, hey, we're going to do a different thing. Now it's going to be from now on, whoever wins, we stand up and I said, stand up. Good. Put out your hand yet? Yeah, and we're going to shake hands and we're going to say, Congratulations! Good game. <laughs> now, I don't know if he knows what congratulations mean, but he jumps at the word and loves it. And we stand up with a smile and shake hands.
0: <laughs> That's
1: adorable. It is adorable. And now I'm not saying I'm in the role of God here, but I do occasionally uh, jigger the system to make sure that he wins. Cause I know yeah. I could slaughter the poor kid, right? And left.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to watch, we'll leave out the person's name, but this parent, they wanted to introduce their kid to, uh, yeah. What's that? Um, gosh, tic-tac, no, not tic-tac-toe. Anyway, they, four... yeah. Anyway, they slaughtered the kid four no. straight times. And I want to say, him, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair either. <laughs> well, anyway, we have, uh, we have Rummy cubes. We play dominoes, and uh, but we have worked out the um, you co- you gripe and complain because you don't win. Game's over. Mm. That's fairness. It just has to do with justice. Injustice. This is why I'm not a fan of the social justice movement. Justice, as Bakke pointed out, takes in a complexity of layers of issues. Of um, motivation, responsibility. You know, the scripture says, if a person does not work, they don't eat. And um, and so when, uh, so I, you know, we talked a bit about this, but I don't have a great deal of sympathy for um, student uh, debt and loans because I think. So let me get this straight. The school, or the government put the gun to your head and made you take out a loan. Mm-hmm. See, that's justice um, takes into account. Did you apply yourself at work? Could you have held down another job? As you know, one of the comments from one of the persons was uh, uh, this person's daughter is now a missionary, so it's a burdensome thing. To which I replied. Well, when I was at Campus Crusade, you had debt. They uh, strongly urged you, if not made you, go find work for a year or two and pay off that debt and then come become a missionary. Hmm. That's justice. See, that takes into account the layers of issues. And so fairness for your kids is you can't introduce them to all those layers, but you can put the cookies way down the lower shelf, and when the first time they say that's not fair, you just say, well, of course it's not fair, life's not fair, God's fair, but life's not fair. If you're playing this game because you're gonna, all you want to do is win, you, you'd be better to find someone else to play with.